Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 152 of the IA Cast. All right, with me today, I have Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. And we have Taylor back with us today. Hello, everybody. All right, so we we had a topic in mind, but I thought that this was a little bit more important for us to talk about. So, you know, it's the end of 2020, a, a year that shall live in infamy. Um, <laughs> okay, now you're making me think of the Pearl Harbor stuff. That's why I did it. Um, and, you know, despite the craziness of the year, we've had a lot of amazing advancements in technology this year because of the pandemic because of everything going on and so we thought it would be a good idea to talk about some technologies we felt would be groundbreaking enough to mention on this on on the podcast so that we could just have a discussion about what's really helped us this year come together and actually get work done so i kind of feel like you know when when the pandemic happened we all used you know zoom and other platforms but I kind of feel like, um, and you guys correct me if you feel like I'm wrong, but we have a lot of chat platforms, but I kind of feel like Zoom was kind of the big thing, you know, this year. You know, it didn't oh, yeah. come out in 2020, but 2020 kind of made Zoom famous or infamous, however you want to look at it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I feel like Zoom became sort of the iPhone of smartphones. Everybody, like on you know even if it was like a different video chat or maybe the maybe the google of smartphones you know when you're you're doing a search and you just happen to refer to it as google regardless of where you're going i've heard of people doing that with zoom so even if it's like a facetime call let's get on zoom let's 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 zoom each other you know what i mean so I like have not heard that that's interesting i have i haven't heard it personally but i've heard about it like in different um things i've been reading online and wow and, and articles and stuff i haven't used zoom that much then <laughs> right Oh man, I have. I've used Zoom so much. It's been nuts. So, but you know, Zoom really made a very simple interface for, I mean, we're using it for this, for this podcast, right? We are all connected on Zoom talking about technology. And so, uh, you know, we teach classes through Zoom. We, it's just everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, another one that I think really got popular this year uh, is Discord. Oh Yeah. Zoom, Discord, and Google Meet, mm -hmm. I think, were really the ones that were getting pretty popular this year. And I think that's more among people, like uh, personal use, but teams also in the business world really took off. Because if people could stay in the Microsoft sphere of influence, then that's what they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like my, my day job uses Teams as its primary communications method, and... Uh, it doesn't have the best quality for meetings, and I think that's why a lot of people like Zoom. But, you know, it's really interesting where uh, chat has gone in, in the last, you know, year just because of that. And I feel like Zoom has been, or video chat systems in general, have been very instrumental. I was watching This Week in Tech, and it's interesting. For their video chat, they're still using Skype. Really? Mm. Like who uses Skype anymore? I I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can All see the, the Skype logo on it. I'm like, wow. 
Oh. I was going to say all the people that want to chat with the with the um, Skype bots and things, but I guess a lot of those have been moving to uh, other platforms too. And plus, I know Discord has all kinds of bots you can add. So, yeah, I I joined a server um, for a Fantasy Star Online, a game that I play. Um, Discord server is called Fantasy Star Fleet, and they have a bot that when you tap on reactions to posts. It actually gives you roles, like uh, channel roles. So I could tap on a certain thing, and it would add me to a group of channels. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. That's I awesome. Want to, I want to make that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a uh, programming Discord that we're promoting. It's called Programming for Everyone, and I would love to do that on that server. So it's something I'm looking yeah. into doing. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So uh, beyond chat applications and and meeting stuff let's talk about some technologies that has come out and we've talked about before the show some of the devices that we felt would be adequate for this list and i really hate to say it most of them are apple <laughs> that's I pretty know. true <laughs> yeah. so we'll try to sprinkle some non-apple devices in this list but they're going to be sparse <laughs> <laughs> because I think Apple really did shine this year. And I guess the first one I want to talk about is the 2020 iPad Pro and really the iPad Air. The the iPad, it's okay, but the Pro and the Air are just amazing devices because they have the magic keyboard. That magic keyboard really makes the iPad like a computer with a mouse keyboard, a decent keyboard, not the butterfly keyboard keyboard switches that we're can so we just like apple. make that a swear word just start calling it right? like the bf word you know <laughs> the keys that shall not be named right, <laughs> right. <laughs> although so, i haven't had problems with mine knock on wood but you know i well, just hate make I sure you're hate... knocking on wood and not your keyboard and then you <laughs> yeah. or, or you might <laughs> right i just don't like the key travel like they just I don't, don't press much i didn't like the key travel i didn't like the way the arrow keys were designed i was so happy to hear that they went back to their inverted t mm -hmm. yes like, oh man and um you know they've just moved the whole line to that new uh that new magic keyboard style and it's just great so we have the ipad pro and it it came it was the first device with the lidar sensor and now uh you know, we've talked about it in a previous podcast where LiDAR in the camera app and the magnifier app can tell you how far away a person is just from uh, uh, beeps in the camera app and actual uh, speech in the magnifier app. And taps on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So it's really amazing what, uh, you know, the iPad has brought for us. And those, those features also work on the iPad. So it's really cool. I played with them there before uh, I got to see them on my new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Oh, so they were available on the iPad. Yes, with 14. Oh. Mm -hmm. I thought they introduced it on the iPhone and then nope. the iPad at the same time. So that's cool. Well, they may have been at the same time, but, you know, people had iPad Pros with the software running before people got Oh, that's true. Yeah, the betas <laughs> and things. Mm -hmm. So, Jason, what would you say would be a, a device you would pick? Honestly, there's a couple of them, and I'm torn as to which one to put first. Like... I mean, I guess I would have to say the M1 chip, not not any specific Mac that has the M1 in it, but I think the M1 chip really, B1 
because it's really amazing what Apple has been able to do with low power chips. I mean, yeah, we've had plenty of evidence of them doing it in their iDevices, you know, the iPads and the iPhones and stuff over the years, but to see it in a desktop is amazing. You know, to see a, a MacBook Air um, not only be able to keep up with a with a MacBook Pro uh, performance-wise, pretty much, but the just just the battery improvements, you know, the the fact that these machines are supposed to be really quiet, even even the MacBook Pro that has a fan, the battery life, I mean, the apparent camera improvements, I mean, I know it's not going to make the 720p camera look like the camera that's on the iPhone, but still, like, for me, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be the M1, especially when we can start traveling again. That longer battery life on the portable Max is going to be great. Yep. Taylor, what about you? Is there anything that this year that's gotten you excited that's a new device or technology? So um, I would say that the uh, technology, I mean, I totally agree with Jason. Like it's the M1. I mean, that's where it's at. You know, like I said, I, I got my Mac in 2017. And I'll probably end up upgrading next year. It just depends on what happens. But I, since starting my business, I use my Mac for so much. I mean, audio, well, video editing, uh, you know, trying to develop iOS apps. I mean, just lots of things. And so the M1 will be really cool. You know, like I said, the whole battery life and everything else, you know, it'll be really nice when we start traveling. Like I said, like Jason said, because, you know, we may not always have access to a power outlet right away. And so to have that nice battery life, I mean, the only thing that may be a pain for some users is that, um, you know, the whole thing about virtualization, because some people need to run Windows, including myself. But I mean, there's ways that we could overcome this. You know, if we can't use bootcamp, there's ways that this could be overcome. So it's not all that bad. And I think overall, the M1 is where it's at. Well, and I think virtualization actually is the answer because at least for the time being. Right. Um, since Bootcamp does actually run Windows natively on the Mac. Right. Um, and maybe Microsoft will eventually license ARM versions of Windows for non-OEM products, you know, for people to be able to install on their own computers yeah. down the road. Apple's already said the ball's in Microsoft's court, so. Yeah, I meant to say uh, virtualization. Sorry. Bootcamp. You know, if you can't use Bootcamp, it's like you're going to have to virtualize, which could be a pain for some users, but. You know, overall, I think it's a good solution because then you can still have access to your Mac, you know, because then I can still text and still do everything else. So, yeah, just made a mistake on the thing there. But yeah. And and the neat thing is uh, people have already ran um, ARM versions of Windows on these new Macs using virtualization. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's already faster virtualized than uh, what people have been saying than the Surface X. I'm like that's insane, right? That's and and I'm about to uh, I'm about to pull a fast one and steal the ball from Jason and take one of the things that he would pick. Uh, I think that the AirPods Max are, are also on this list. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> these things are nice. They are five hundred and fifty dollars. They were announced between this show and the last show. Um, but that's kind of a big news item right now, folks, because it's their air their um AirPods, but over the ear. And you know, we thought they would be called the AirPods Studios, but they're called the AirPods Max. Now, they have good things about they have a lot of amazing things about these things. 
but they have one bad thing, and that is no water rating. So oh. the slightest bit of sweat or rain or anything, you know, moisture related will cause these things um, to probably have problems. Because a lot of it is mesh. Uh, one of the neat things is I was watching an unboxing and the person doing the unboxing was saying, I can't feel these on the top of my head because of how the mesh um, headband works. That sounds amazing. Right. And that's basically like if I had to pick a problem with the Beat Solo Pro that I no longer own, but if I had to pick one of my most like ugh, problems it would be the headband it's not that it's uncomfortable at first but sometimes they just are and i think part of it is the headband so you know to have headphones that are designed so that you can't feel them you know if i'm say editing shows and stuff or or, or post producing or whatever and yes i know that beats aren't flat response headphones in fact they don't necessarily own a set of flat response heads response headphones right now but i am familiar with the sound signature of these headphones that i do have so i can work around that but i'm wearing them for five six hours or whatever at a time so that's really important to me um being able to wear headphones for extended periods and not develop um listener fatigue yeah and i mean they are 550 dollars, but you're getting your money's worth in headphones a lot of people are, you know, there's are saying that they shouldn't. Be, I I do feel like they could have been three forty nine, <laughs> but I feel like that Apple's going to charge what Apple's going to charge. That's just how Apple is. Um, I believe you do get the the power block with them. Um, no, 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 you don't. I don't think. I don't believe you it do, was, but yeah, it is a USB C to Lightning cable that yeah, you get in the it box. USB C yeah. that you get in the box. And there was another product that I was thinking that uh, that I remember that you did so. The Mac, um, maybe? I think you do the Mac, but I would hope you would on the Mac. I would, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> um, but, you know, those are very big in the news right now. So there's a lot of people that have a lot of mixed things to say, but, you know, you can go to Twitter and read about all that. Yeah. I will say, though, like one of the things that I do like about them based on their um, specifications, aside from the fact that they apparently do work with the... Uh, um, lightning auxiliary cable that you can use to hook the Solo Pros up to um, airplanes or, you know, a normal headphone jack is the fact that if you look at their uh, their rated battery life, they are rated for 20 hours of uh, both playtime and talk time. Now, they don't, they say that that's, you know, 20 hours with noise cancellation transparency on. They don't list a rated use time with those modes turned off, assuming that you even can because you can on the AirPods Pro, but they don't, you know, they don't list it for the AirPods Max. Now, what I find interesting is apparently there is a dedicated microphone on these for call quality. Huh. I found that to be very interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, probably to help noise cancel the environment and stuff. It's not going to magically upsample your calls from 16 kilohertz, but, right. you know, hopefully it does help with the some of the noise stuff because even on the beats which i feel like are the better headphones for calling sometimes when compared to like the original airpods even they can sometimes struggle where you were like where you would be like really so yeah. so let me throw in a device other than apple here at this point because 
I kind of feel like we've been on the Apple train for a while. Yeah. Um, very similar to the Jason train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special outtake show ahead of uh, uh, coming soon, folks. So just be be prepared. It's going to be funny. Um, but you know, the Surface Book Three was announced this year, and you know, it's very similar to the Surface Book Two in hardware, but it has some neat features. Like it has a very good graphics card. It's, um, you know, it's still the same form factor, the same thing that works really well. Uh, but it's just a very powerful device for a Windows machine. And I would say for anybody that just needs a Windows computer, the Surface Book has everything you need. Like if you're playing games, it'll do what you need to an extent. Uh, I won't say it's the best gaming machine out there, but it will do to an extent what you need. If you are um, developing, it has everything you need for development because it has the touchscreen. So if you're building touchscreen-based apps, um, you can uh, test on those. If you're uh, building a Windows application, you know you have the key a very top-notch keyboard. No number pad, unfortunately, but still a good keyboard. If you're uh, and if you're running Visual Studio or Android Studio or any of those IDEs, the build time is going to be great. Um, now I will say that there is a little bit of a uh, processor performance dip because it runs at 15 watts instead of the 45 that a lot of the same processors run at. So it you know it's all because it's running in the tablet, but it still is going to work pretty well for you. Um, so the Surface Book is is up there along with the uh, I don't. I think there was a variant that came out this year, the Razer Blade Pro 17. That's a nice gaming laptop. If you want just gaming, that thing is sweet. 17 inches, mechanical keyboard, trackpad on the right side instead of in the front. So that's kind of nice if you're a um, low vision or a blind user. You don't have to put your palms on the trackpad. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, and it's a huge laptop, and they look like Macs. So oh, man. They're, they're neat. Um, very good refresh rate on the screen. Good. Well, I don't know how good the sound is, but I saw one at the Microsoft store when they had such a thing and they were nice. So you just got too used to saying it's good. <laughs> right. Um, but they're, they're really cool machines. Uh, and Razer makes good products. They even make a gaming Android phone. So I would check that out if, if that's what you're into. Um, I think my next favorite thing that's come out from Apple has to be MagSafe. And I'm not talking about the cables that plug into your Mac either. I still have one. Do you? Well, yeah, my Mac's from 2014. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess my 2015 Mac did have that too, didn't it? Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. How quick we forget. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The MagSafe on the iPhones is really nice. They're a $40 charger. And before you say that's expensive, think of this. It's USB-C, so it could plug into any USB-C adapter. It's not micro-USB. Most Qi chargers that you buy today are micro-USB. This is a USB-C charger that hooks up to, uh, that's built into a little puck at the end, kind of like an Apple Watch charger. It reminds me of a big Apple Watch charger. And it's um, the side that goes onto your phone is like a silicone like material that you would feel like on the bottom of a Google Home or the HomePod or 
uh, a lot of different devices like that. And so it's real soft to the touch. And so it just magnetically clamps on the back of your iPhone and will charge your device. But the benefits don't stop there. I could take my AirPods and put it on this thing and it will charge. And um, the nice thing is, and YouTube folks that are on YouTube that can see this, the I have the AirPods in one hand. I have the uh, MagSafe in the other. If I put them on here, they're exactly the same size. So no matter where I put it on here, it's going to charge these AirPods. I don't have to worry about it being the AirPods being like way off center from the from the coil. It's just the right size. And these AirPods kind of magnetize to it, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, because of the hinge? Yeah, because no, just because of the um, the Qi charger, I'm thinking. Um, but it's this big. It's tiny. So putting this on the back of a regular cell phone that doesn't have MagSafe, I could put this on my Pixel 4. And it will charge just as well because it's just the right size. It's not bigger. It's not smaller than the coil. It just fits. And so I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about centering it. Uh, I, you know, people overlook MagSafe cables, but I think that they are one of the best technologies that have come out this year. And not just for iPhones, just for anything. Mm -hmm. And when you think about, you know, you could get a wireless charger for $10, but how good is it going to be? Whereas this is $40, there's some, you know, Belkin and Mophie make some that are $60 plus. So it's not a bad deal for this. Yeah, and I like not having to, um, well, I would if I had one, like not having to uh, hunt and make sure that the coils are lined up because, you know, obviously the magnets are going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think the only thing that kind of is like, eh, whatever, I guess, to me, would be the fact that um, if you are going against Apple's grain and using lightning headphones with your phone still, and you have them connected to the charge, uh, to the phone while the phone's connected to the MagSafe charger, um, I am led to understand that the charger will then charge at the lower 7.5 watts of, uh, of charging as opposed to 15. I don't know if that's, you know, some kind of safety something or if it's, you know, what the actual reason is, but I'm just like, man, that slightly sucks. <laughs> yeah. But at least you can still charge your phone and, and for the moment anyway, use your lightning headphones at the same time without needing to have something like the uh, Belkin Rockstar. Not that that's a bad device, but I pretty sure it only accepts up to a 12 watt charger the rockstar yeah mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i mean i highly recommend this and now uh the other thing that came out the same day that the airpods max came out was the magsafe duo and people say well wasn't that out already no it said coming soon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was not out it was announced but it was not available until the same day as the AirPods Max. And so that's now out. Uh, I don't know that I'd want to pay $130 for it. I don't think I would either. No, I, mean, I don't like, think so either. It's a like, USB-C watch and phone charger. That's what it is. Yeah, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I like the idea, but even, like, if you look at the, uh, I guess Apple support even says, look, if you keep this folded, 
especially if it's in like a hot environment you know like if you haven't folded for an extended period of time and like your bag and your bags and your trunk of your car when we can travel again and it's hot um that it is normal for the um material i guess around like where it folds to uh to wrinkle oh. and i'm just like i don't know how i feel even if that's normal to pay 130 dollars for a charger that literally has a support article that says expect this to wrinkle right yeah like it just puts a little wrinkle in the sails of that thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I mean, that being said, I like the idea. So, another idea that I really like the sound of, but probably will never buy, even though I want one. It was announced in 2019, came out, I believe, this year. And that's the Surface Duo. So, oh, yeah, the Surface Duo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. I forgot about it. Uh, the Surface Duo is an Android phone um, with two screens. And I love the concept of this. Now, what makes it different from a typical folding, folding phone is it has the two screens, but they're on a very good hinge. And you don't have to worry about ripping off the film on the top. That'll ruin the entire phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with Like you did with the original Samsung uh, Fold. But what I like about this thing is that it can be in, like, several different modes. It could be in video, like a one screen. It could be, uh, you could have it as two screens front and back. You could do um, two screens like up and down, like vertical. You could do like a tent mode or you could do like where one screen's level like 90 degrees with the other. So it looks like a computer and the phone will recognize that and actually switch orientations to do that. And that's really cool to me. You know, you could have two pages of a book, one on the left screen, one on the right, or you can do all kinds of different things. And so I think the Surface Duo, even though it has a little bit older hardware, still belongs on this list of awesome tech of this year because it it's truly awesome. It has some revolutionary things with it. I would honestly agree with you. I mean, I know it still has some software issues, apparently, according to reviews and some things don't work the way they're supposed to, but the fact that like both of the screens were designed so that they would be symmetrical and the phone wouldn't feel, you know, balanced, uh, weird when you hold it in your hands. I mean, that stuff to me is just amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, for it to like have that, you know, technology, especially after we saw what happened with the other foldable phones, you know, and I think that it's I can hear, a lot better. I can hear Cortana now. There are other foldable phones. Yeah. Uh-huh. In fact, Mark Cortana was trying to go off as I was trying to speak, believe it or not. Because <laughs> uh, I was trying to, you know, I had new Windows installed, forgot to disable it. It's like, hey, I can help you. I'm like, hey, didn't I disable you in the Windows startup? <laughs> Settings? Apparently not. So, so, yeah. But yeah, it's it's really, and I think that's one of the neatest features of Windows is whenever you're setting up Windows, I kind of hate that they disabled that on Windows setup by default on the Pro versions, but at least it's still there on the home. But I almost wish Apple would do that with Siri on the Macs. I think that'd be that cool, especially be nice. the new ones that can support HS. Yeah. And, you know, I actually had to turn that off on my on my Mac because I would try to activate the HomePod or something like that. Oh, and my yeah. Mac would Mac take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kept doing some of I I was doing some stuff on my HomePod last night. And um, my phone would go doot doot 
not like the start sound, but it would do like the finishing sound uh, when yeah. I would invoke the home pod. And I'm like, you just stop it. It wasn't the, you know, they actually use a, a process to vote on which one should take priority. Huh. Isn't that really? interesting? Like they actually, like when it hears HS, it actually, every one of them listens and says, okay, which one of, which one of us should take priority? HomePod takes the most. Really? Then, yeah. HomePod takes the most, and then uh, actually headphones. Your headphones take the most. Then it goes down to HomePod, and then your Apple, t- your Apple, uh, your iPhone and iPads uh, and iPods. Then we'll fight over uh, if none of the other devices exist. Then they'll fight over which one should take priority. And then it's usually which one am I closest? Which one is the voice closest to? Isn't the U1 chip in the uh, HomePod Mini supposed to help with some of that? I know we haven't talked about that yet, but... Uh, we'll talk about the HomePod Mini, because I actually don't, I'm not sure about that exactly. Well, the nice thing about the HomePod Mini is that it is definitely, you know, it's 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 more affordable. It's, you know, the entryway, entry speaker, if you want to get into the Apple ecosystem as far as smart speakers are concerned. It is $99, so for the price of one big HomePod, you could get two HomePod minis and have a decent uh, stereo setup. Um, But basically, the main differences between the big HomePod and the HomePod mini are that the HomePod mini, of course, isn't going to sound as, well, big and nice uh, because it is a smaller device. And there's only so much you can do with software and and stuff like that to enhance the sound of speakers. But uh, it does have the U1 chip, which is supposed to assist with the handoff. And like I was saying before, I'm not sure if that helps with um, Hey S person or not, Uh, but uh, it is supposed to help assist with handoff. It's supposed to help find the other HomePod mini if you have two of them and they'll automatically go into stereo for you. They do have less microphones than the big HomePods and they don't support the uh, theater mode where the big HomePods will... uh, Play can play Dolby Atmos content if you have supported hardware, which I believe is the Apple TV 4K. But I mean, you know, they're a nice way to uh, to um, get into the Apple's smart speaker ecosystem. They supposedly sound pretty decent, and I guess they connect via USB C charger, Michael. Right? So they have a USB C. Uh, I don't even know if these come with a charger in the box, but. They have a USB-C cable, so you could hook them into any USB-C adapter. And the neat thing is, if you have a battery pack that supports USB-C, you got a portable HomePod. With a tail. But a portable HomePod. Yeah, (laughs) with a tail. Uh, The cable does not come out of these, forced or otherwise. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the big HomePods, Taylor, you could... uh... You're not really supposed to, but True. apparently you could remove the uh, cable that connects to the HomePod itself, I guess, to like service it or something. Huh. Apparently yeah, it's interesting. difficult to reattach the cable. I have never and have no intention of trying this on my own HomePod. Right. But uh, it, it it's something that others have tried. I was using a HomePod to listen to music the other day and all of a sudden it made a loud pop. And like, you know, like a a speaker system, you know, when you try to put a microphone, like when you try to plug an input in, it makes a lot of noise and it pops the speakers. Mm-hmm. It made that. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope this HomePod didn't break. 
<laughs> and just a few minutes later, I was able to say, HS, what's the weather? And then it was working just fine, so, you know. Yeah, I made mine reboot while it was installing an update. I mean, while it was uh, playing music and grabbing the update, but it didn't pop, it just stopped. Oops. So, so, you know, the HomePod Mini, I think, is also up on that list for the best tech of this year. Um, the next thing I want to bring up uh, is something that Microsoft and Sony both have come out with, and that's cloud services for their platforms. And Google came out with Google Stadia. But Microsoft has brought out, uh, they called it Project X Cloud. Now it's Xbox uh, Cloud Gaming. And they have, uh, there has been an announcement uh, recently that it is coming to iOS in spring 2021. This makes me very excited, so I'm, I'm putting that up there on the list because you, we have to entertain ourselves during this time. Oh, oh yeah. And didn't Amazon come out with one, too, called, like, Luna? Maybe. Or something? I haven't really heard of it. Uh, I figured it would be, like, Twitch Gaming or something like that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with theirs, too, but I think they have some sort of a solution. But, yeah, I guess Sony and... Uh, Microsoft's services are going to make it to iOS via Safari on the web. Interesting. Which is not necessarily a bad thing because that should, in theory, enable support across other devices. Right. You know, I'm I didn't thinking know they were going to do it with Safari. I thought they were going to do it through an app, but I'm glad they're they're doing it somehow. Now right. maybe maybe it was originally going to be Safari, and now they're doing it with an app. But I read that they were going to do it with, via Safari on the web. That would be great. I mean, it doesn't matter to me how they're doing it, but... Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, what you could do is you could make a... You could uh, log into the service and then um, make a home screen icon, really, if you wanted to, for right, the right. Uh, for the service. But I think it's cool, too, because then you could play it on... Um, well, I'm assuming that you'd be able to then hopefully play it on Linux or on um, Pixelbooks or Pixelbooks, Chromebooks that don't support Android apps for whatever reason. So Most likely if it's web based, then yeah. Because I mean, if it's you know if it's web based, then it's cross platform. So you'd assume that you know they're probably using something you know like a a different technology that they could just be like, all right, we're gonna write one thing and be done with it. You know, that's most likely probably what they're doing, considering that you know they're trying to like to make it available on all devices. Then probably the best way would be the web, because then they don't have a million different code bases. Well, I think yeah. they would prefer apps, but. And right. they don't have to worry about app review policies. Right. Oh, yeah, that too. But still, it's exciting to see that it's, you know, going to be a thing one way or the other, mm -hmm. whether it's an app or whether it is, in fact, a Safari over the web. All right. Well, let's go around one more time. I want to see if there's anything uh, in particular that y'all found fascinating uh, from this year, like on top of all of it. Uh, so, Jason, is there any technology that we haven't talked about that you found the most fascinating? I think the only thing that I could really say, and this is a bit of a stretch, and I freely admit that, would be really 5G, because it took the iPhone, which was released in 2020, to really make 5G start taking off. Now, that being said, you know, I, I always will say that I didn't, and I would urge others not to buy the iPhone 12 line for 5G specifically right now. But I mean, with the speed differences that I personally have seen on T-Mobile's, I'm assuming low band 5G, I guess what I'm trying to say is we can only go up from here because the networks are still being built. You know, things are only going to get better over time. 
but um you know it's it's just really nice to see it things like the 5g support rollout and tesla's starlink beta rolling out although that's a little different actually because that's satellite internet but still yep uh taylor is there anything that uh, has stood out to you this year about uh new technologies um i mean not really i mean there's it honestly has been a crazy year for tech you know what i mean like the pandemic i mean it's just kind of it feels like it's accelerated tech growth by like ten thousand percent you know so uh, I'd say, you know, like I said, all these companies are like, well, we, we want to come up with solutions because people are at home, you know, so it's just like, it's, I feel like there's more tech than ever this year. And I mean, that's a really good thing, you know, try to, you know, have people have, I guess, new devices that they can buy and, you know, try to help them get through the pandemic. Yep. Uh, you know, mine, I, I'm going to have to probably go with the M1 Max, you know, Jason picked that earlier, but I think the M1 Max would be what I think stands out the most you know we we have uh you know these new machines and it's amazing that uh we're coming to a point i think where processors are going to be the least thing to worry about in our in a machine you know they're just going to work we don't have to worry about an i3 i5 i7 with a max we're just going to have mm-hmm. one chip the one chip to rule them all hmm, <laughs> And, and, you know, well, right now we just have to worry about RAM and hard drive. And I think in the future, RAM may be the next thing to be unified. Oh, I did make that bad pun. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that uh, we're going to start seeing computers. This is the computer. This is the home computer. This is the pro computer. This is the ultra pro computer. We're going to just start seeing that and and. You can know when you buy these things that what you're going to see is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're going to be in a time with Apple where tech reviews is just like, well, it works. You know, it, yep. it's not anymore. Well, if you get this configuration, you could do this. If you get No, it's just going to be you want to be able to do what you want to do by the home computer. You want to do the editing and all that stuff by the pro computer. That's the way they're moving. And personally, I'm kind of okay with that. Although I will say it is still weird to me to think, um, have to remind myself that ARM may still mean low powered, but it doesn't necessarily mean slow anymore. Like, and to see the possibility of Intel's x86 architecture not necessarily be the de facto computer standard anymore. I mean, obviously we're not there yet, but it could potentially happen down the road. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of that, because it's been that way for years. And I'm not even talking on the Mac line. I'm talking in general. You know, the M1 may spur manufacturers to start making their own CPUs or something like that, you know, or license them or whatever. So it's just it's just interesting and, and, well, and different. Well, you know, I think Intel is going to take the, the, the stance of if you can't beat them, pay them. Possibly where they'll probably use TSMC to build their own 5 nanometer process. And then the x86 line will be back in business. But until Intel comes to that realization, you know, which is also unfortunate because that's a big amount of jobs here in the United States is uh, yeah. the Intel process, like a uh, processor, the Intel processor processing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so that's that's kind of a big thing. Because we've done um, all of, we've picked so many items that we thought were awesome this year, we're not going to do picks at the end of this episode. So with all of that 
being said and you know all these things being talked about uh taylor where can people find you online um you can find me online uh i'm i think i'm all over the web at this point uh with all my myriad of different things um but my website is probably the best way to find me because then you can find all my other things uh but even if you google me you can probably find me (laughs) i mean I'm just all over. So my website is Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R-A-R-N-D-T.com. And you can also email me at Taylor at iaccessibility.net. All right. Jason, where can you be found online? People can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Twitter. Just search for JDE. That's Juliet Delta Echo 91. I'm not sure if I said Juliet, but... You know, it's supposed to be Juliet. Anyway, um, you can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. I will say, though, that I am not terribly active on social media. But if you do add me, please let me know that you have uh, found me from the IA cast. All right. You can find me, Michael, producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at MikeDoeys at iAccessibility.net. I'm the different one with a different email address, I know. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Just search for Mike Doeys. You can find me on my website at michaeldoeys.com and all around the web. Just do a Google search. I'm there. And, uh, you know, you could find everything that we're working on with iAccessibility at our website at iAccessibility.net. And if you are watching from YouTube or want to watch from YouTube, find the iAccessibility channel, press subscribe, and use the notification bell and select all to get all of our notifications of when new episodes are, are live uh, or when we're recording. And um, all of our stuff's in uh, on podcast catchers around the web. So Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever they're calling themselves today or tomorrow. <laughs> um, or next week. Yeah. And so we're just all around the web. So uh, make sure to like this uh, episode of the like of the live stream and share it to all your friends so that we can continue to raise awareness on YouTube of our podcast. Hopefully people like it. So I want to thank everybody for being here, everybody on the stream. And I think this has been kind of an awesome episode. So thanks everybody for being here and listening. Thank you, Taylor and Jason for being here with me and we will see you in the new year. We will not be back with a recording until next year. So um, you'll have a, uh, a end of year outtake show uh, to to remember us by as we ring in the new year. So we will see you then and uh, ha- have have a happy holidays and happy new year. Yep. And you know about outtakes, we are doing like too good of a job. We need to like start slacking and goofing up more since we're not actively we, we have producing only done one show outtakes. this. We're only doing one outtake <laughs> show this year. We're, we're oh, really low on our outtake quota. Oh, man. Right. Which is both good and bad. Yeah. But anyway. All right, folks. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook, search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.